Welcome to a quick mini-sode. Mini-sode. River Heights Radio mini-sode. River Heights Radio mini-sode entitled They Did You Wrong. They Did You Wrong. Ramo, Madam Cully, brother and sister, and Madam Cully's daughter, Venus. All done wrong. These characters are repeatedly referred to throughout the original moss-covered mansion. As gypsy-like? We looked into a little bit in what ways the original moss-covered mansion was perpetuating harmful stereotypes. Mm-hmm. about Romani people. The way that media at large does that. We found some really good sources for y'all. One really good source, if you have the time, it's very thorough. And even if you don't have the time, it has really clear infographics, really clear graphs. I need you... good. I need a picture. Yeah. And it's called Romani Realities in the United States, Breaking the Silence, Challenging the Stereotypes. It's a study from the Francois Xavier Bagnaud Center for Health and Human human rights at Harvard University and Voice of Roma. This was released in November 2020. And it was a good intro for us into who the Romani people are. Yeah, I mean, this article talks about a small study they did, but it also starts with a pretty thorough introduction to the racism that the Romani people have dealt with historically. Of course, that racism is still alive and well in Europe and is arguably much worse in Europe. And since the Romani people have been enslaved many places in the world, it makes it especially important not to stereotype Romani people and to not even inadvertently say things like gypsy or gypped, which have a racist history. Right. That education that allows us to know what, what we're saying means. Yeah. The Romani people originated in North India, though... Gypsy is a term that's referring to Egyptian. Though they originated in North India, it's been a long time since they were forced to kind of spread Mm. everywhere. But many of the Romani dialects and languages still harken back to Sanskrit. Much of the folk music can find roots in Indian music and many of the beliefs still held by Romani people seem to have Hindu roots. You compared the Egyptian title Mm -hmm. to the Native Americans being called Indian by Christopher Columbus before saying to yourself, though I guess Indian would be more accurate for the Roma people. There is this kind of history of us creating these misnomers, and it's hard to say how intentionally or unintentionally, because if we name a people after a place they aren't even from isn't that inherently taking some of their identity away oh yeah even aside from any sort of negative treatment or stereotypes. The Romani diaspora is 15 million people worldwide and 1 million people in the United States. Uh, They speak different dialects, have different religions, identities, customs, and they migrated to the U.S. at completely different times for completely different reasons. Thus, this article says broad generalizations distort the rich history and diverse cultural identity of Romani Americans. So they did basically 363 interviews. Okay. And much of this article and the infographics are about the results of those surveys. They especially focus on how discrimination and prejudice against Romani people are perpetuated by popular culture, including through literature, cartoons, media, songs, and ad 
advertising. The wave of Roma immigrants that Mildred Wirt Benson may have been most familiar with would have been either Calderash, Makwa Ya, or Lovara. And many of the immigrants during that time were defined by their occupations. Some of the occupations included coppersmiths, metal workers, animal trainers, circus people, horse traders, basket makers, or musicians. A surprising amount of professions that you'll see amongst the villains in Nancy Drew. Exactly. There was a change in social standing poll taken in 1964 and then again in 1989, and both times respondents rated the social standing of different ethnic groups in this country. And on both occasions, the Romani people were placed at the bottom of the social hierarchy. Wow. This article says the media depicts the Romani people as unintelligent, dishonest, unclean, and mentally deficient. And I would argue we definitely see that in the Moss Covered Mansion. Yeah. Original version. As expert Petra Gelbart noted, Romani people are often portrayed by the media as criminals, nomads, or over-sexualized women. Or, as expert George Eli explained, Romani people are also misrepresented as vagabonds and mystics. Mystical creatures in the form of vampires or fortune tellers, and vagabonds and nomadic beggars or criminals in the form of contractors, thieves, or pickpockets. So I'd say on every front, Mildred Wirt Benson feeds into the worst stereotypes right. about Romani people and just throws them all together in a Ramo Madame Coley Venus stew. In fact, as we read these articles, we found that Nancy Drew, like many girls series, defines proper behavior against a fictional gypsy stereotype. Moss Covered Mansion gives us a unique opportunity to examine the ways in which Mildred Wirt Benson used these stereotypes to define what was acceptable or not for her readers. Right. She uses not only the male and female Ramo and Madame Cully stereotypes to show the kind of different gender stereotypes you have, but we can also see what she feels about the comparative acceptability of assimilating or hiding your Roma culture in Venus. The stereotypes faced by women who are Romani Americans are very different and distinct from the stereotypes faced from men. Mildred Wirt Benson has exactly demonstrated that in her story. Found an article. This is a much shorter read if you're looking for just kind of a brief history and a little bit of info. This may be an easier read. Either way, I recommend it as well. It's called The G Word Isn't For You, How Gypsy Erases Romani Women. And this is by Naomi P. And she sort of talks about the unique challenges Romani women face, as well as, like I said, giving a bit of general information. The fictional gypsy continues to confirm an apparent paradox of attractiveness and danger. A paradox that is the essence of traditional discourse about women of color. Like other marginal groups, the alien gypsy becomes the other in order that white middle-class women might define themselves. 
so yeah, there's definitely differences in the stereotypes, and we get to we get a chance to examine that through this book. Reading Lady and the Tramps, the cultural work of gypsies in Nancy Drew and her foremothers, Nancy Tillman Romilov writes, the gypsy character has long functioned as a narrative device in children's literature. It can also be found in both popular and elite culture of the Western world throughout the last several centuries. Naomi P. in her article has quoted a description from The Hunchback of Notre Dame by Victor Hugo. Her complexion was dark. She danced, twirled around. Her large black eyes flashed lightning. With her smooth bodice of gold, her colorful dress that swelled with the rapidity of her motions, with her bare shoulders, her finely turned legs that her skirt now and then revealed, her black hair, her flaming eyes, she was a supernatural creature. In truth, thought Gringoire, she is a magic magical creature, a nymph, a goddess, a bacchne of Mount Menelaus. At that moment, one of the magical creature's tresses came loose, and a piece of yellow brass that had been fastened to it fell to the ground. But no, he said, she is a gypsy. The illusion was shattered. So to put that in more up-to-date context, she was an other. She was an other. She was an other. Yeah. She's not like you. She's other. Yeah, even her humanness is called into question. Even if it's like in this way that's like, oh, she's supernatural. She's a goddess. She's being eroticized and she's being othered. And it's an illusion for she is nothing but. Yeah. It was also interesting to note that her black eyes flashed lightning and also were described as flaming. And these are descriptions that are again and again used for Ramo. So these kinds of media portrayals lead to nearly all respondents in that study you were talking about feeling that most Americans know little or nothing about Romani Americans. This is probably why a majority agreed TV and news media portray Romani people poorly. 70% said they usually hide the Romani identity to avoid being stereotyped, stigmatized, or discriminated against by non-Roma. 35% considered gypsy to be a racial slur. Nancy Romolov says, By depicting these nomads as irrational, depraved, fallen, dirty, in toto different, Nancy Drew and her foremothers can be understood as rational, virtuous, mature, that is normal. On the other hand, the taboos personified in the gypsy figure are mysteriously attractive to many series females. Many times in these girls series, the character will end up running away with or marrying a Romani man. Mm -hmm. So that paradox exists of like, oh, they're attractive, maybe they're not so bad, but like also... Yeah, they're literally taking you away from society and family. A mysterious illusion. Right, as the moss-covered mansion says, the swarthy man fastened his beady black eyes on the girl as if he were trying to hypnotize her. That's the effect you'd expect. Both Ramo and Madame Coley are described as being able to hypnotize people, which I assume is part of the superstition slash um, mysticism that is being sort of associated with them. Like we say with the illusion and hypnotism, it's all about kind of trickery, cleverness, but not in a good way. As Carson Drew said, he impressed me as a wily fellow. You know, it's that it's that idea that. You know, they're smart enough to get away with things, but not things they should. 
Americans even today. Mm-hmm. Mrs. LaBelle says, Ramo is one of the biggest troublemakers in the locality. I never trusted his looks and therefore wouldn't give him work here. And she's just coming out with it. She's just saying, I, I didn't dislike his behavior. He didn't steal anything from me. But I would not give him a job because I didn't like how he looked. Seems like he just wants easy money. Now, we talked about how the name Ramo is interesting because it's very close to Roma. Yeah. We feel like the equivalent to Ramo in the updated moss-covered mansion is Mr. Rosardo. Who is the groundskeeper. Yeah. But even though he's not trusted and he's called lazy and like he's not good at his job, at least he's given a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ramo has to deal with being in the same group as so many other people. In fact, when he's running away, well, when someone, is running away from the house who looks gypsy-like. It's immediately assumed to be Ramo and a warrant's put out for him. Ramo concocts a plan for easy money. So he that's when he enters as an actual villain in this novel. But also, like, I don't know how he was supposed to get money if he's literally being denied jobs because of how he looks. He's being pushed into a corner of criminality and then treated like one. Policing of Romani people in the United States continues to be discriminated and Romani people remain the only minority to have active police task forces. Police task forces that specialize in quote-unquote gypsy crime have been established across the country, even though the legality of that is questionable. Romolov says, The twin poles of repugnance and fascination give expression to those anxieties that early 20th century adults felt. Unrest over the influx of immigrants from Southern Europe, fear over the threat of white slavery, a catastrophe that also threatened heroines of movie serials of the day and which Silverstein playfully alludes, or anxiety over the new woman of the early 20th century, whose independence appeared to threaten the gender order. So I find that interesting how the criminality and fear of the male gypsies also gives way to the question, what of the women? And again, the female stereotypes are quite different. It is even more obvious to me in this novel how Madame Coley is certainly being demonstrated as what women should not be. Mm-hmm. It's it's so interesting because the stereotypes are different, and yet, in the end, they're the same. What does Nancy say? I think Ramo and Madame Cully are related. They look alike. Fest says, you're right. They're probably birds of a feather. That's right. Madame Cully's maiden name is actually Ramo. Mm-hmm. Ramo is not his first name. We never find out his first name. No, we don't. And I don't believe we ever know Madame Cully's first name. Coley being her husband's last name. Mm -hmm. We do know Venus's name, but there's this way in which we're taking away personhood just by taking away first names. It's the same thing with Mr. and Mrs. Rosardo in the updated Moss Covered Mansion. It is. And it's important that we look at how these things are affecting our thinking. Romolov says, through such images, we can watch a culture thinking about itself and can assess the kind of culture work such works perform and i think that's kind of our whole thesis of this whole podcast is this is worth talking about because what seems like a harmless kids series is exactly where you go to see what our culture has deemed of value yeah it's laid bare in the moss covered mansion we find out that coley's husband was an acrobat but he died in an accident she is described as his domineering wife 
who was part gypsy. The image being put forth here of a woman who takes too much control. Yeah, what is she, a suffragette? Yeah, that's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, you know, Nancy is radical, but not that radical. We're told Madame Coley has an idea that she's possessed of psychic powers. The study article says that expert George Eli argued fortune telling is not a word in our vocabulary, just like the word gypsy is not in our vocabulary. Fortune telling is the gajo, non-Roma, word. We use the word dabarimos, drava, which means medicine. It is spiritual medicine. That's what it is. And it's not really the equivalent of fortune telling. And that's something that I'm monkey can't do that's like obviously the major stereotype that madame coley embodies as that's her career well and she also embodies as a woman someone who does take control she got fired for being too high-handed too assured of herself as a woman you should never inconvenience others in a way that madame coley has compared to her more well-behaved daughter who was you know a daddy's girl who madame coley was unreasonable with yeah, it goes so far to say as she keeps her daughter sort of hypnotized. That cully is bad medicine. In addition to them calling her birds of a feather with Ramo, they say Madame Cully looks to be as much of a schemer as Ramo. And the idea of Romani people being schemers or I even saw the term sharpers, goes way back. And that goes back to the stereotype of criminality. And I do find that fascinating about how Madame Cully's written, because it doesn't just say that she schemes, or that she does all these bad stereotypes. It constantly says she does it as much as her male counterpart. But then with the addition of even more bad things as a woman. The study you read said that Romani women are objectified and described as exotic sexy sexual so this is all these are all things madame cully either has to deal with or as an older romani woman has to be shamed for no longer having whereas venus would it's a very difficult i can't imagine being this woman i'm on her side now as we have seen before in nancy drew novels the same faults and crimes when done by a woman are inherently portrayed as worse because that woman has automatically breaked gender norms by committing a crime at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is probably why that study says women are significantly more likely to hide their Romani identity. Venus behaves less like Nancy expects Ramo and Madame Cully to. The study has a pertinent quote that says, experts confirmed that Romani people are still seen as criminals or potential criminals by police forces, by their neighbors, by community members, and in popular culture as witches, fortune tellers sexy females and sex images and i don't think any of the romani characters in the original moss covered mansion escape entirely this portrayal no but i found it interesting that venus goes so far as to wear a veil in the car now that may be to hide her identity it is a metaphor for modesty that she would cover rather than like madame cully show off like Madame Cully's new sports car. She 
she's ashamed of what she's done, whereas Madame Coley and Ramo are not. When she's with her Romani peers, she hides her identity, which is what we're talking about with Venus, is assimilation and hiding of the Romani identity. What do you think of the daughter? asked Bess. I believe she is not like her mother, was the quick reply. She looked dreadfully frightened when she saw me, not angry. I'm inclined to think she is under the complete domination of Madame Coley. Now, this is when Nancy had broken into their car, mm. ripped a veil from this from this girl's face, and Venus wasn't so high-handed as to be angry about that. Yeah, Madame Coley yells at her, you brazen thing, and Ramo literally pushes her out of the vehicle. Which but... one would expect in this situation. But those are still things that make them too aggressive, and we should applaud Venus for merely being afraid of Nancy. For much of U.S. history, uh, visibly identifiable Roma did not take a direct route into the United States due to legislation that forbid them to. It's not entirely impossible for someone to shed certain signifiers and try to blend in. When they first meet Ramo, and many times throughout the novel, he is wearing a bandana and large earrings. All of which are described as gypsy-like. At one point, they see him at the docks, and uh, it says, only his swarthy complexion and heavy eyebrows told Nancy who he was, because now he's wearing a straw hat. On the one hand, he can assimilate so easily by leaving behind this culture that that it's almost difficult to tell that he's the same person, and yet his racialized features still give away who he is. So it's, it's the worst of both worlds. Well, and also, I think it's important to note that Nancy notices who he is based off of these features, but in some ways, he's just become invisible. Right. She barely recognizes him. So this idea that without this costume, he is suddenly unidentifiable or invisible really strikes home as in many ways the Romani American community or the Romani American people are invisible and forgotten in our country. Well, and little wonder that's a route you would take when 68% of participants in that study you read said that they have at some point been insulted or called names because they are Romani. One participant was quoted as saying, if you could pass as Gajo, non-Roma, you know it was a good thing. You know it from hearing grandparents talk. Mm, it's a passed down fear from passed down racism. And current racism. Yeah. Because here are some current media or recent media portrayals. At one point, Zoe Dachanel on Netflix says, I am not a gypsy. I am not here to steal your food. Right. I think even uh, in The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, they had uh, the connection between gypsies and stealing babies. And this is a stereotype, I believe, that goes back to Europe. Mm -hmm. It's also the one that Charles Silverstein employs, which Romilov talks about a little bit. So I think we see a parallel to this in the moss-covered mansion when Venus is stolen from her room in the night by Ramo climbing a ladder and taking her out the window. Or even uh, stolen from a better way of life when her father passes and her mother domineers her into the lifestyle. Venus is literally the spitting image of the heiress in this novel. Mm -hmm. So not only can she assimilate as not Romani, she can assimilate as literally 
an imposter, as literally someone else. And mm-hmm. this is scary. This is a threat. They talk about how she's more interested in her looks than anything else. Mm-hmm. And sort of no wonder if those looks are what's giving you a passport to avoiding the stereotypes you've seen your mother and uncle exist within. And what's messed up is the uh, ability for her to pass as it were is a threat but also an opportunity as she's the only one in the end who doesn't get in trouble for this scheme and gets a good job but one in her place at the circus yeah nancy does a very charitable thing she's praised by bass because she gets venus a job in the circus at a good salary in the end while madame coley and ramo of course go to jail for a very long time and it does seem a bit weird because under the books like if we suspend disbelief and accept the book's terms venus entirely should have gone to jail if not as long as ramo and madame coley for much longer yeah but if we take the book at its meaning it's bad to be roma unless you can pretend not to be the moral culpability falls on the people who are other especially in the original versions which this was you expect to see that Mm -hmm. in many ways that's probably why it was changed to this fantastical cold war tale about you know exploding oranges and such so you see in the updated versions these characters like mr and mrs risardo who are not overtly identified with any race and are basically uh, become pretty flat characters. Race just doesn't get talked about in the updated version. But I would really argue that many stereotypes are still being perpetuated against Mr. and Mrs. Rosardo, and that Rosardo is specifically not intended to sound like a white American name. Yep. I think these stereotypes still exist even in the updates. And I think furthermore, certainly in culture today and in general understanding, I know many people who would not understand how gypsy is a racial slur or we shouldn't be saying gypped let alone sort of examining any of these other stereotypes that have been handed to us. I mean, I would say that they did Ramo wrong the most by portraying him as a sneaky criminal who wanted easy money, which is the worst thing in the Nancy Drew universe. They did Madame Coley wrong by portraying her as a controlling woman with fantasies about having mystical powers. And they did Venus wrong by portraying her as a shallow and moldable person. Before offering her the ability to be innocent by denouncing her Romani heritage. Well, Hope, I've learned a lot today. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Until then, I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. Go Wildcats! Thanks for tuning in to another River Heights Radio Minisode. I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. Until next time, go Go Wildcats. Wildcats!